Hello, my divas. Guess who's back? Back again. Shezzy's back. Now go tell a friend. And we are back with another episode of Girl Group Gossip. Now, divas, I told you this season we're shaking things up. It's a game within a game. Well, there's no games here. I'm all ganked out! But we are discussing all things about groups of girls. And what better way to kick off a different kind of episode than to discuss the iconic franchise that is The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills! Now, season 11 has kicked off and the drama is ensuing. We've got Leather Pantgate. We have got fake tears left, right and centre, up, down, round and round. And who better to join me on the podcast this week than the iconic diva herself. And I use the word iconic a lot, but she truly is. And she knows everything about owning it, like Lisa Rinna, because she played her on Snatch Games. But we have got Jackie Cox in the building! Woo! So, shall we get down to the episode, divas? <laughs> Cheryl, oh my gosh. Thank you for having me back. Uh, I'm glad that even though I failed the last season, I can redeem myself this season. (laughs) Gail, honestly, don't stress because it was very British based. And unfortunately, I got your gal. But darling, we'll get you back for redemption round. Don't you worry. We'll we'll brush up. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll post you the answers before the quiz. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's how I want to do it. Darling, how the hell have you been? I've been so good. Um, I am, you know, we're, it, it's hot vac summer. We're vaccinated. We are finally dipping our toes back out into the world. Uh, we are performing under all sorts of new guidelines with different face it. shields. And, and the audience is like separated by plexiglass. It's like a, half the time I feel like I'm in a fishbowl, um, <laughs> which is honestly probably for the best. <laughs> I think that's a very, very good metaphor for the world we're living in. We're in a fishbowl and everybody's just looking at us so confused. But yeah, I'm glad you're all good. Do you know what? I cannot wait to get you over here to the UK because I know it's ridiculous. I feel like we've known each other for years, but in actual fact, we've never actually met. We've never met IRL, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen so soon. I think, I think Beverly Hills is going to be airing when I'm in the UK. So I'll have to find you and we'll have to watch it together. Oh my God. Viewing parties galore. But darling. I'm just going to call out of my show. I mean, like, or I guess it'll air after my show because it'll be on New York time probably. So you know what? I'll get D-drag. You'll come to my hotel and we'll watch it. <laughs> it's always on the next day on Hey You. So we'll, we'll get you hooked up with that. But girl, Beverly Hills. Where do we begin with this iconic franchise? Well, I guess let's start at the beginning. When did you actually first start watching? Were you from the get-go? So let's talk. So, okay. So I was living in California at the time when Real Housewives of Orange County started. That was in like 20... 2005, I think. Oh, my God. Well, Orange County was the first franchise, and I had um, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd been in Orange County for a minute because I uh, went to my last two years of high school, uh, or I don't know what they, what do they call uni? Which one's high school in the UK? We call it, we still call it high school, but Great. like your last years would be our like college or sixth form, so the last two years. 
Yeah, so the last two years of that, I was in Orange County, and then I moved to L.A., and I started watching Real Housewives of Orange County, and I was like, I don't know, I can't do this. These women, it's like... They're crazy. Well, and honestly, I don't think Orange County is frankly glamorous enough. <laughs> Even back then, you know, I was like, this this place is just full of stucco and bored women. Um but then when the franchise took it to Beverly Hills, I was like, well, that's not very far. So I guess they're saving on production budget. Exactly. <laughs> but, but I started um, – I kind of didn't really get into it until pr- probably like season four. I mean I, wa- I watched some of seasons one, two, and three and like I, I, the Camille dra- drama was so crazy. And of course Oof. Kyle and Kim were like really the driving storyline of those first early seasons, and they still are to some degree. We can we can get into all of that doll, but oh, truly, I feel like I obviously really got into it when Lisa Rinna showed up because I think I am her in some other life. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it, but I think the world knows that you are Lisa Rinna minus twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, that's a compliment. I will take it. Yeah, we'll we'll take it. But no, I I remember. I know this is going to be so gay of me, but I remember watching. Wait the Lady for Gaga. you, Cheryl. Wait this. Wait, hold on. Pause. Pause. This is going to be gay for Cheryl Hole. Cheryl Hole, whose name really means having a three way where she's the pass around bottom. It's gonna be. It's gonna be gay for you. <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but yeah, so we were watching the Lady Gaga GUI music video and all of a sudden the housewives are submerged into the band of Venus. And I was like, what the hell is happening? Lisa Vanderpump playing the tambourine. We've got Yolanda trying to play the cello. Like that was really my introduction because I'd watched New York. That was the one that I really kicked off my Real Housewives life. And then I just went back, I started from the beginning, and I was hooked from the jump. So this was like 2013 that it really just went for it for me. And I just, I'm, I'm going to say it, Beverly Hills is my favorite of all the Housewives franchises. Wow. Okay. I will say it's definitely the most, because um, I think part of the Housewives is escapism, right? These are women who are living lives that you and I pretend to live, but we don't live at all. Oh, it's all a facade for us. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, like they, they, well, I don't know if they actually live these lives, but they put on a much more convincing show than we do. <laughs> well, yeah, we can flash back to the early days where some of them were really caught out for trying to live these lavish lifestyles. And some like... of them, it still happens to this day. I mean, we're we can get into it, but I don't know what's going on with Erica. We're gonna get into it. Also, <laughs> um, but you know, they're not alone. There have been many um, housewives, um, Dorit. Uh, um, who who are accused of maybe not living as glamorous a life as they portray on television. I support anyone who wants to live and feel any fantasy they want to. That is literally what we do for a living. So I applaud it, and I'm here for it. Well, us drag queens, we're champagne on a lemonade budget, and I love a cloudy lemonade, so I'll sip it all day, every day. Do you know Delish. what I mean? Delish. Delish. But you look, you hark back to the ones like Taylor in season one, which, I mean, this is this is an absolute honorable mention. Like, that $65,000 birthday party she threw for Kennedy. Like, what was she thinking? What was she thinking? Uh, you know, I think... You know, it, it's... it's it, 
what's amazing to me is how many gay men love Real Housewives specifically. And I think it's because these women really do take that kind of extravagant fantasy to that next level. I, that whole first season was a lot. I mean, the, we, they talked a lot more, I think even more about money. I think they still do, but they talked a lot about it. You know, the, the yes. sunglasses, you know, all of that stuff that was like 25,000. <laughs> Can you believe? Can you believe? I mean, my glasses were uh, $23 at mybestjudy.com. Can you believe? <laughs> Snatch those up, Divalinas. Make sure you get those glasses. Those Jackie Cox glasses. I mean, sometimes I wish this podcast was visual just so they could see the glamour. But in reality, I'm sat here in a tracksuit, so nobody needs to see <laughs> I am. I, I think I'm wearing, you're going to laugh, I'm wearing a, a, a sweatshirt. And wait for it, because you, only you can see this, Cheryl. Okay. A back brace. <laughs> the death drop got back. you, gal. <laughs> Literally, I hurt my back crawling out of... The, you you want to talk about the fantasy? I hurt my back crawling out onto my fire escape so I could film myself having an outdoor brunch on my fire escape for, wow. for some sponsored content on my Instagram. The things we do, darling. You know what? 2020 and 2021 has got us getting creative in our houses. And do you know what? Sometimes we break our backs. We break our backs. <laughs> we literally break our backs to give you guys content. So I really hope you soak that up and enjoy that, Diva Leaders. Because bloody hell, Jackie. What a trooper. What a, you know, what a trooper. I do it for the kids. And, and that's how I feel these, these women. These women also, like... Some of it's obviously so performative, but that's okay with me, you know, because it's part of it's they're performing for the cameras, but then a lot of it's they're performing for each other. They really want to outdo each other. I mean, you, I mean, go up to today and just look at the way these housewives show up for any function, and it is full, high glam drag, honey. I live. Oh, I thought I thought the Beverly Hills girls were in drag until I watched Atlanta. But that's a whole other podcast. Like the Atlanta women are like drag pageant earrings. <laughs> like the hair, the, the hair is amazing on Atlanta. I mean, they have some amazing, amazing hair. Truly, uh, but we're back. We've we got a heart back to Beverly Hills because that's why we're here. But we what do. do you think Beverly Hills does so differently from all the other Housewives franchises? Well, I think what's amazing about Beverly Hills is. Because it's the most Hollywood-centric franchise, you know, mm. it's Beverly Hills, but it's really, they're all kind of L.A. Hollywood-type people. Or well, Pasadena, for Erica's case. Sure. But <laughs> what I, I mean, they're all kind of, like, tangentially related to the movie business or the entertainment business. So mm -hmm. what's interesting is you have, I think, Denise Richards is a really interesting um, case study for The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Because... When Denise Richards came on the show, she was the most successful actress they'd had on the show. Sorry, Eileen. Sorry, Rinna. Um, oh, don't do that to poor sorry. Eileen days of your lives. Sorry, Kim Richards. Uh, you know, Denise Richards was definitely the most successful, actually famous actress who's been on the show. But what Denise didn't realize was all of these women are operating under a set of rules and regulations that are unspoken that they've all agreed to in their minds the first of which is this show happens in its own 
bubble and there is no fourth wall. You cannot turn and talk to the producers and say, stop rolling because we don't want to have this conversation. Like that's not how the show works. You can't do it. You can't do it. But you have all these women who know that because they're, you know, they're all kind of in the entertainment business to some level, but they've all kind of agreed we are going to operate, right? This is, now I'm going to go back to my acting school training. We're going to operate as if this set of make-believe circumstances is our reality. And I think the Beverly Hills women do a really good job in general of like really operating in that sense of, I won't say delusion, but a little bit in that sense of well. like a little delusion. But this is yeah. like, this is our fantasy and we are going to like live this fantasy as truthfully as we can on camera. But I think the world has to also realize that whilst it is their day-to-day lives and whilst it is an essence of reality. Things aren't always what they seem. You take social media. You take what people put out to the world. That is not 100% the truth. That is not 100% their body. You are selling the fantasy. And that is what these shows are doing. They're selling the fantasy for people to fall into, live their best lives. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I was really looking forward to DragCon LA 2020 just so I could go to Pump and have a lovely meal. Do you know what I mean? Well, we we would have definitely gone to Pump. TBD if the meal would have been lovely, but it would have. You know what I will say? I will say the 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 servers are lovely eye candy. The food is, you know, Pump is kind of like it's one of those restaurants. It's kind of like a Denny's. Like the menu is too big. Like why is the menu so big? Why do we have this many options at a restaurant? This I hate small? that. Do you do you ever get to a restaurant get given sixteen pages of a menu and you go, I don't want to eat anything. Like I'm just, <laughs> too much. I'm, I'm I'm claustrophobic with the menu. <laughs> Like, it's just crazy. But do you know what? You've got to live these experiences. I mean, we could go to Kyle's store, but, you know, she's gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kyle by Aline, too. I, I I had been there, Cheryl. So I will, when when we go, when we're in LA together, we can go, we'll, we'll go get a coffee. We'll go stand next to it. We'll hold hands and we'll look at <laughs> a it. A little prayer circle. Have a moment <laughs> yeah. of silence. <laughs> it's only, it's literally one block from uh, Villa Blanca. So we can just like go there, have our moment, and then walk to Villa Blanca. And then we can watch Cedric trying to arrange flowers. Oh, wait, no, he hasn't been there since season two. <laughs> We're doing a whole blast from the past. But yes, I honestly love the Beverly Hills franchise. And I, I think. It's just so good because in a lot of them, they forget to have fun and they get just Mm. caught up in the moment. Whereas, you know, these girls are always going to have a ridiculous time, especially Rinna. If Rinna's got a glass of wine in her hands and her vitamins in the other, like we're in for a good time. Baby, I have my vitamin bag right over here. (laughs) Do you know what? And I have to give it to you, like... If Gigi Good hadn't been on that panel, I honestly, it, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you, Jackie. I thought you should have won the snatch game. I'm saying Aww. it. I'm putting it out there because if you haven't watched Beverly Hills, you don't know how extensively well you portrayed Lisa Rinna because I was just floored at every small detail was spot on. I, okay, I did have a lot of funding right now, but I will say, and I, I said this before, Gigi made Rue laugh the most, and that is the name of the game, doll. 
Exactly. Trust me, I've been I've been there. I've done it. I've got the T-shirt. I remember the stress and the PTSD from Snatch Game. So, yes, you've got to make everybody chuckle in that room, Divalina. That's for sure. <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's definitely something though that I knew that the the gays would love, and so it's like you know I did Rina not just for Rue but for you, my gays who are listening. For you, <laughs> for you. <laughs> Do you know what? Honestly, me, you and Jan shouldn't get together because we're just like divas that just quote and reference 24-7 instead of structuring formal sentences. Oh, that's fine. Who needs a formal sentence? I say we should just do that, you know. Uh, we're we're all famous losers of Drag Race. I say we just we just run with that. <laughs> You're telling me, darling, losing is the new winning. <laughs> you can I, tell wait. it's... I've started performing that around the country, and people love it. And I'm like, you know what? Why the hell not? I mean, it's a bop. It's a bop across the board. Do you know what I mean? We've got to get to Vegas and do it. We're going to get to Vegas. Wait, why don't we just move to Vegas, and then we'll ask uh, Bravo. We'll ask Andy. I'll text him. Be like, hey, Andy, you want to start a Real Housewives franchise, but it's just drag queens in Vegas. Oh, wait. We already had that show. It was called Drag Race Vegas. <laughs> uh, that was a good try. Honestly, I I'm waiting for the day the Bravo branch out and do the Real Housewives of Essex. Like I know we've got mm. the only way is Essex, <sighs> but there's something glamorous about a group of middle-aged women in Essex. Like you do not know what you're missing out on. And Andy Cohen, if you're listening, darling, you're missing out. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I think we should make that happen. But, I mean, just the, just the just think about the amount of Tanner alone. Right? Well, I'm I'm slacking on the Essex front because I'm pale as hell right now, feeling pale as hell. So it's been, a, got... it's been a pandemonium. You have you have an excuse, doll. Yeah, Miss Panny Dem, like the stocks are low. I'm just looking out for all the other Essex divas. I've of got course. foundation to make up of for course. it. Of course, of course. But darling, with an iconic show like Beverly Hills comes some really iconic moments. So mm. I've asked ahead of time for your top five <laughs> moments of the ten seasons that we've seen of Beverly Hills. So Miss Jackie Cox, could you top me? <laughs> Wow, could Cheryl. You, wow, you, Cheryl. <laughs> and here, it, and here I thought going, she wasn't going to out-gay herself. <laughs> here we go. Can we kick this off with the top five moments? So what is your fifth favorite moment from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I think this is from the first season. If it's not, it's from the second season. But I think it's the Dinner Party from Hell episode where um, the, the psychic... Um, turns to Kyle and she's like, you know what? You'll ne- I forget exactly what she says. She says you'll, you'll never find love, or she says something like that, or like your your marriage is a sham, or I forget exactly what it is. But then she turns to Kyle and she says, know that, know that. And I literally say know that. I don't remember anything else from that. Oh, I remember that the dinner from hell was terrible. But I literally just turn to people and I say, know that, know that. It was, it was the first truly iconic moment in season one for me because. She she actually said to Carl, she was like, you know, your husband will never emotionally fulfill you. Oh, that's that. what it is. Know and that. <laughs> whilst puffing on that e-cigarette. Like, yeah. girl, put it down. Go outside. Take a seat. Like, she was, she was on something. She was not... She was, 
on I can't believe she world. didn't get her own spinoff. I can't believe she didn't get her own spinoff. Well, she did. It was called Medium. <laughs> Wait, she's the medium? She was She was the person that was Medium that was based on. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, wow, I mean, look at me not knowing in the episode. <laughs> wow, okay, I missed that. But she she was nuts. She was nuts, but then the whole night spiraled when Kyle bought Faye Resnick as backup. Oh, because yeah. Because her and Camille were going through it. and then The morally all of a sudden, corrupt Faye Resnick. Yes, that's <gasps> what kicked off, off Camille's hatred for Faye Resnick. Because she did the Playboy during the OJ trial. Yeah, Faye Resnick. I mean, what an iconic friend of. I love that Faye has been such a tangentially related cast member for all ten seasons. It's kind of iconic. But every time she comes in, she's got a drama with another person. I remember when they had that psychic reading night. I think it was like season five, season six. And she had it out with somebody. I was like... Hey, come on, just have a glass of vino and have a good time. Like, ease your, ease your horses, darling. Maybe she thinks that that's her way to get a diamond. Should we ask her? Faye, are you on the line? <laughs> Caller number one, it's Faye Resnick from Beverly Hills. What, what's your question? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, she she's one that is always going to stir the pot, but I don't think she actually wants to be fully part of it. Yeah, maybe it's, you know, well, I mean, here's the thing. I think some some women, some people are attracted to the attention, but then they want to control it a little more than the show really allows you to. Denise is an example, again, of someone you think you can go in that show and kind of do whatever you've decided. But it's like, no, the show, the show is the show. And what happens is what happens. It's not. It's not your yeah. opportunity to just do whatever you want, right? You, you can't produce to... yourself. You can't, yeah, you can't. You can't make the decisions. Like, as much as it's all well and good knowing, I'm, I'm going to be this. But I think, harping back to Denise, having one season of just being completely unfiltered, 100% Denise, being 100% real, and then the next season realizing, like, oh, shouldn't have done all that, but... It's what we fell in love with her for was the fact that she had a tequila, gave her hour and a happy ending, and just had a laugh. So and just talked about dick. Like, good for her, babe. And this is why the gays love Beverly Hills because there is a lot of penis talk, and you can't go wrong there, can you? You can't go wrong with that. The other thing too, I wonder. My theory with Denise is that like. Either, um, like, someone came up to her and was, like, maybe it was, like, someone from the Hallmark Channel, where I think she still does movies, or I don't know, one of those people, and was, like, hey, if you want to still work with us, you're going to have to not be such a hoe on TV. And she was, (laughs) like, okay, I'm going to change my whole thing. I'm going to be, like, mom of the year. And it's, like, no, you can be a a, a sexually active grown woman and also be a great mom. Those two things are not mutually exclusive, I don't think. No, no. Like I right? think I think if cameras were behind everybody's closed doors, I think everybody would realise that we're all the same. We all have yeah. needs and we're all down for a good time. In the words of Kelly Rowland, we're down for whatever when it comes to you. I can make <gasps> love on the floor. Oh way, way to go. Perfect, perfect girl group podcast segue. Question Cheryl Hole. Do you have a top five moment from Beverly Hills? So my fifth iconic moment from R-H-O-B-H is the 
dinner party. Well, it wasn't a dinner party. It was on the boat having dinner in Hong Kong in season seven. <gasps> the junk when, boat. When <laughs> Lisa Rinna turns to Dorit and goes, were people doing coke in your bathroom? And I was just like, what? Like, how can you come out and say something like that? Like, yes, it was a bit dodge and suspect when everybody got up and left Lisa Rinna with that old man at the dinner table. Like, sure, something was a bit suspect. But to outright say that she's living in a crack den, raising two kids, like, what the hell was happening that night? That's also, isn't that, the, that's the same boat trip where Erica says, you don't know what I go through at night, which was yes. like, they played that moment so many times and you were like, what is she talking about? What is she talking about? And of course, you know, we, we, I, I, I love that, you know, Erica cares so much about her son and like, that's obviously very stressful, but like, we didn't know what that was about for like a good half of the season because they just showed her crying on that boat and we didn't know what it was about. And we were like, yeah. what is Erica talking about? Does Tom, is something bad with Tom? Like what's going on? Well, that's season well, 11 for you, darling. <laughs> here we go. That's our little preview. Um, okay, but here's the thing. Uh, people probably were doing something in the bathroom, but yeah, Rina really has some big balls to just go out and say that on camera. I mean, one of her taglines are, my lips are made for talking, and that's just what they'll do. And bloody hell, sometimes we need a padlock for those lips, because Rina, time, place, read the room. <laughs> Have you ever been to a dinner where things have got so out of control like that? Or is this just TV? I don't know if it's been a dinner. I've definitely been to like a a gathering. Usually when it's like if someone invites me over for dinner or we're having dinner, it's usually someone I would say is on the either closer side of being friends or like if it's a dinner, I feel like there's a little bit more of a... um, not a formality, but like, you know, usually you invite people to a dinner table who are all really friendly with each other because, like, you're going to be sitting at one table for a good amount of time. Oh, As opposed yeah. to, like, I feel like a party is where things go hey, haywire because at a party, there'll always be someone you're like, I did not want to see that person at this party. Why Why am I in the same room as this person? Because people kind of – the rules, I feel like, are a little bit looser at a party, but not then at a dinner. That. At a dinner table, I don't know if I've ever had, like, a fight amongst friends at a dinner table. Um Maybe it's a first for everything. <laughs> I'm coming to Essex. <laughs> Trust and believe. No, I haven't had that situation. But you you know, I'm not one for the drama and the conflama. I like to just sit back and let it unfold because I nip things in the bud. If there's an issue, which is very rare with me for me to have an issue with anybody, I always go, look, let's sort it. I, it never escalates to wine glasses throwing, drinks being thrown, screaming at each other and choking at the dinner table. So... I guess that just happens in Beverly Hills. It does. Well, it also happens when the pressure of, you know, I think a lot of women see this show as a um, a gateway to larger success. I mean, you look at, um, you know, uh, the Umansky real estate empire and you're like, wow, that was literally built kind of off the back of this show. And I think these these women get this idea that, like, if everything doesn't go perfectly, while I'm on the show for me, then I will suddenly, you know, lose some fantasy thing that they hope they were hoped they were going to get. And so it really adds this extra pressure on all of them to like, you know, 
uh, do something. And at the same time, you know, someone like Rinna is like, how am I going to keep this diamond? Let me see if I can stir the pot. <laughs> Truly. But Rinna, Rinna knows what she's doing. She's got the formula down. She knows she comes out with the good catchphrases. She runs around barefoot in a nice green dress. She <laughs> does what she needs to do. And I think that's why we love her so much. But Jackie, we're going to move on to your fourth iconic moment. So what is your fourth iconic moment? Okay, my fourth iconic moment, um, I don't even really remember what the fight was about, but all I remember is that it is now a meme, but the Kyle holding Taylor back meme where she's like, you don't know me, and she's like yelling at the, With at the, the other girl. <laughs> yeah, like what was that? I mean, was that, was that about Taylor's husband? Is that what that was about? I don't even remember. It was with Brandy, and Brandy had rented oh, Brandy. that Malibu house, and something something went awry, awry that night. I think Camille was involved. Camille was there. Camille was there. I, I just it's such an iconic moment now that like of Kyle holding Taylor back that I was like I had to include it, even though I don't remember what it was. Just that visual image alone is now seared into our collective homosexual consciousness. And do you know who I honestly think deserves to make more cameos back is definitely Taylor because she gave us some great TV because I know season two was a very real season for her with all the things that she went through. And I think that was a great way to have those conversations. I know it was a terrible, terrible thing, but domestic violence is one of those things that people do not talk about. And she had to live through that on TV and have to try and conceal it. Yes, it was very interesting TV to see all the ladies navigating it, but it also opened up conversations for people to be honest and share their struggles and share their stories, which uh, on Atlanta has been a very prominent Mm storyline about domestic violence. So Mm -hmm. I've I've got to give it to Taylor for being so brave and being so open with her stories because not many women can come out the other side and say they are where they are now. And she's done an amazing job. So Taylor, if you're listening, darling, we want to see more of you. I know we she's love on cameo. You, oh, she's, she's on cameo. We should, you know what? Uh, who, who do we got to talk to? Let's get her on this podcast. You know what, Taylor? We, we love you. We're, we're stands. We, we love her. Well, my fourth moment was the iconic dinner party from Hell for Season 1. So we're going to move on to Jackie Cox. Your third moment, please. Okay, my third moment is... um, This is a newer one, but it was just such... You know, this... The Denise Richards season... Her second season storyline is such an, again, interesting case study to me. And I think it all kind of came to a head in that very last scene she filmed ever really on the show which was her and Rinna having that confrontation after the Paris trip after everything and 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 you could see the two of them operating on so many levels of like what am I going to say on camera what am I not going to say on camera what am I going to how am I going to confront you are we friends do I trust you what you know how are how are we going to pull each other apart or not and you know I think both women walked into that scene, you know, right? Because it was it was set up as a scene. They had not obviously talked 
And so it was set up as a scene. The producers were like, we need to have one more scene with the two of you. So come in and actually have this discussion. And I think the two of them walked into that thinking it was going to be one thing. And for both of them, I think it turned out to be something else. And that, you know, Rinna just looking at her and just saying, you're so angry. (laughs) The ASMR of that moment was just pure chef's kiss. Like, it was great. But the thing is... She had just sent a cease and desist. Yeah. To, to production. Everyone. To everyone. Like, darling, darling, that was deep. When you go there, what do you expect? What do you expect people to say? And I think that was really the moment. Like, I honestly didn't think Denise was going to turn up for the reunion. I didn't. Think, I didn't I either. Thought she, I thought she was going to do an Adrian and Elisa Vanderpump and just... Go, I've had a shit season. I'm not coming. I'm done. Love you, love you, love you, done. Because she went through it on season 10. And do you know what? Even to this day, I don't even know what to believe. Did her and Brandy have a... I do think they had a thing, but I never know to the extent it went. Well, here's the thing. I don't think Lisa Rinna cared that Brand- whether or not Brandy and Denise had a thing. Lisa Rinna was really mad at Denise because Denise was not playing by the unspoken rules of the game. And honestly, knowing that Denise and Rinna were close before her first season, I feel like Rinna had told her before she ever signed on to the show, like, be as real as you can. Don't ever be scared of talking about anything. Never, like, push anything away because that will only turn against you. And I I see Rinna really being angry at Denise, not because of anything about Brandy, but because I think Rinna felt betrayed that this woman that she had shepherded shepherded through her first season was all of a sudden saying, no, I'm not going to play by these rules anymore. I'm going to make up my own rules. And Rinna – because the show is really important to Rinna, right? You can tell that she, like, loves making the show. She loves doing it. She loves kind of everything about it. And to see someone that she had brought in to be fighting against all of that, I think really honestly pissed her the fuck off. Pardon my French. But she was just like – I can't believe that you're doing this to something that I brought you into. And I think that's where the anger comes from, from Rinna. And, of course, Denise is like, I don't want to be this girl that you saw last season. Stop making me into this party girl, you know, sexy thing because that's not what I want to do anymore. And Rinna's like, baby, too bad. (laughs) We were rooting for you. How dare you? I've never yelled at a housewife like this in my life. (laughs) Honestly, but do you know what? Denise is going to continue to go on to great big things in her career. And Lisa Rinna is just going to continue being Lisa Rinna, an absolute icon. (laughs) I wonder if if the two of them will ever see it from the other point of view. You know, because I think Denise has a point in that she just really wanted to change her image, I think, in her second season. And that she she thinks she'd pushed it too far. And I think... I think she went completely the opposite direction. And I think Rinna then was, like, really trying to pull her back into, like, no, you are this girl. Like, stop pretending you're not. And I wonder if the two of them will ever kind of just see that they just wanted different things and be okay with that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that hopes that they'll reconcile because, you know, like, it just didn't work out, babes. It just didn't work out. Well, we all wanted that with Vanderpump. But that is a beautiful segue with me onto my third iconic moment, which is the Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy Gate. And oh, all another the drama. fabulous, another fabulous case study. 
<clears throat> all the drama that went down with that. So season nine obviously kick-started with Dorit getting a lovely dog from Vanderpump Dogs. And, you know, not all the time dogs work out. Like, it depends on the kids. It depends on the situation. It depends on the dog. So... Yes, Dorit didn't handle the situation correctly instead of taking it back to Vanderpump Docks. But then when the whole story came out on the infamous Radar Online, I always gag when I see something from Radar Online because I just hear Lisa Vanderpump going, I will never sell a story to Radar Online. (laughs) Because that is just ingrained in me. But the situation that was so iconic was the explosive argument between her and Kyle at the gorgeous Villa Rosa and it was so goodbye Kyle goodbye Kyle it was so hard for me to watch as two OGs and arguably one of the most iconic housewives to come out of all the franchises Lisa Vanderpump to know that that was probably the end of her time on the show before the season had even got a third of the way through, I was literally like, no! But you know what? With every relationship comes ups and downs. And it's another situation of like, who was in the wrong? Because Kyle was going, you're manipulative. You don't own up to things. You've sold a story. And she's like, I've never sold a story to Radar Online. And then obviously the infamous Ken. Goodbye, Kyle. Goodbye, Kyle. (laughs) And Kyle in that red hat. Oh my God. Ridiculous. That red hat. Well, haunt fabulous. Me. That moment is such, again, an interesting thing. And this is this is actually part of why I love Beverly Hills so much is because the behind the scenes and the actual show always spill into each other. And, yeah. you know, with LVP, her entire time on the show, one of the kind of undercurrents of the franchise up until her exit was how she was or was not potentially manipulating or not manipulating various cast members into forming alliances with her, doing dirty work for her, doing different things. And some of it you wonder, is it, you know, that's the thing with LVP is she is that kind of like, and I say this in a good way, she's a bit Machiavelli, right, in that in that sense. Um, and this was kind of the the undoing of all of that when finally her number one most loyal soldier, Kyle Richards, was finally like, okay, Lisa, I love you, but enough is enough. We yeah. know that you did this and like, just own it and who cares? And that's the thing is, you know, LVP was so adamant at maintaining this, honestly, facade of her being completely innocent in everything. Whereas like, and it's tough for her because she decided to partner with someone Teddy, who is really doesn't like playing games like that. And Teddy was just like, yep, I did this. I did it for LVP. I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. That was pretty bad of me. I <laughs> and think... Lisa Vanderpump's like stuck because that's so like, okay, well now what is, how does LVP come back from that? Right? I know. My favorite meme is always like when someone's talking about receipts and it's just that picture of Lisa holding up the A4 <laughs> screenshots of conversations between Blizzard and Teddy. Like, that is... Lisa, what? John what Blizzard? John Blizzard? I just, love, I just love her saying that. And the fact that, like, she had her gaze doing her dirty work. Oh, my God. It's, it's, just, it's just so iconic in... So many levels. Um, but the gays can't keep their mouths shut. So, of, of course, course, it was going to go tits up. <laughs> of course it was. Of course oh. it was. But you know what? I think LVP 
based on what it seems like she wants to do with her career, makes more sense in the role that she has on Vanderpump Rules and in her talk show where it's like, you know what? This is just on her terms. She runs the show. She doesn't have to, like, be an, you know, quote unquote, equal cast member with anyone on her new shows, you know? So I think that that seems like it's the right fit for her. I mean, she's winning. Losing is the new winning. (laughs) All right, girl. What is your number two iconic Beverly Hills moment? Well, um, you know, so I do have to kind of keep this. uh, So my last moment was a Rena moment. And my next moment is a Rena moment. And spoiler alert, my number one moment is also a Rena moment. That's fine. This next one is, of course, the Rena and Kim bunny confrontation <laughs> at the reunion it's my number two as well <laughs> oh my god and this is where you know rinna was obviously hurt that 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 kim brought back a gift on camera gave it to her told her that she was hateful basically it was like this was this was sent with un what did she say ungood intentions i forget what she said but then, and then rinna just takes that pain and she goes I will show you this pain on my face right now, and I will cry one soap opera tear. tear. <laughs> one soap opera tear for you, Kim Richards. I bought the bunny, and I bought it because it wasn't given to me with good energy. And I thought, <laughs> you know, when we're in a better place, you can give it back to me. And I just was there. <laughs> it was the looks. It was the silence. Because, you know, all these shows have underscoring. And it was the pure silence that you could feel that tension in that room. Erica looking at Rinna. Rinna looking at, at Kim. Kim looking back at her. Kyle going. <gasps> and when Rinna walked off and Kim tried to go after her, she was like, can I talk to you? And she just goes, No. <laughs> <laughs> you you've you've got to give it to them. They, I think that was one of the best reunions I've ever witnessed in my life. You know, I've I've held that bunny. I've I've held that bunny in my hands. Stop it! Stop! 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 I was on Etsy the other day, and somebody had done a replica of the bunny, and it was like something ridiculous, like a hundred and twenty pounds. And I was so close to buying it, and I went, Cheryl. Don't be a mug. Look after your money. You do not need this bunny. But part of me wants to have it on a shelf in my drag room and just say, this is the bunny. Even though it's not the bunny, I just want it. Okay, when you come to New York, we are going to, you know, I think the set's closed, but we're going to break into Andy's uh, Andy's clubhouse and we will go hold the bunny and just feel feel that Rinna energy uh, cascading through us. It's going to be one of our moments. We're going to we're going to hold hands in front of Kyle Bialyn too. We're going to break into the clubhouse <laughs> and hold the bunny. We're just going to have these very sentimental housewives moments together. I'm I'm going to put the uh, the uh, what's it? The what's the thing called? Oh, the ball the gag. gag. The ball gag is is, is is it's on the it's on the neck of the bunny right now. Is it? Oh my it Christ. Is. So, I'm not going to lie to you. I really just want to experience everything you've been in the clubhouse you've I you've have. felt the fantasy so i i, w- I want to get connections to andy and just be like darling how can i be the bartender when i'm in new york what can we do to make this happen will if the clubhouse is reopened like properly and they're not doing it all on zoom by the time you're here we'll we'll make it happen i'll call people who 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 call people we'll make it happen 
I'm curious if we have the same number one moment now that we have the same number two moment. I'm very curious. Well, Miss Jackie Cox, I'm not going to lie to you. This is the number one thing that everybody talks about when they when you utter the words Beverly Hills, even if you're talking about the 90210 show. We <laughs> we all know if you talk Beverly Hills, you are transported to Amsterdam to a little yes. restaurant with glass windows and doors, oh dark lit with gorgeous <sighs> candles, a table laid for seven, and oh lo and behold, glasses are thrown, hands are out choking, and people are called beasts. Because Let's I not think talk about what you don't want to talk about. <laughs> don't you dare talk about my husband. <laughs> and and just the the that fight which is obviously something that is dear to my heart. I referenced it in my Snatch game. I, um, you, again, and this is, again, see, this is a pattern. This is a trend. The thing that I love the most about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is, again, that that behind-the-scenes versus on-camera, like, tension and conflict. I find it fascinating to watch. And so to see Rinna getting really upset that potentially – Kim would be disparaging her behind the scenes life, right? Because as much as Rinna likes to talk about Harry Hamlin and her daughters and whatever, and she includes them in the show, she does have a protectiveness over them because that's her real life, right? Yeah. You know, what she does with the, the, the girls in Beverly Hills, she has a lot of fun with and she has emotional attachments to that as well, but it's not her real life. And you see Rinna here like getting really defensive of her real life. Like these are, this is my husband. This is the people, you know, this is Harry effing Hamlin, baby. Don't come for him. Do you know what? I honestly think there even wasn't like a big situation. I think she was just trying to get back at her for people questioning whether Kim was all right and her sobriety because that flight on the private jet and Kim's coming for everybody saying, I'm fine. I took a pain pill and it reacted badly. I'm sober. I'm this. So that was her knee jerk reaction to try and get back. Because we all know Kim. We all know she's a loose cannon. We all know she's a bit on the crazy side. But we love her for it. But that whole scene, when she went for Eileen going, I don't like your hair or your face or anything about you. She's like, don't be. And, and Kyle's like, What's going on? Beast. Beast? Ah! How dare you? Beast? Oh my God. But you know, some restaurants, we all know in TV, some restaurants set up tables in the backgrounds, which is like crew members to make it look like the restaurant's actually busy. I genuinely think that couple sitting in the background behind Kim <laughs> were genuinely like, we came for a lot. It's our 40th anniversary. <laughs> they're having wine glasses thrown. Kyle's running out the door dramatically. Like it was a moment. And poor Yolanda, she was suffering Lyme disease. She didn't need to go through all this. She was on Yolanda's Hauschen Mauschen disease. <laughs> Manchhausen Schmauschens. I don't what even is know this what this is. My loves, my loves, welcome to Amsterdam. <laughs> I should do oh. Yolanda for Snatch Game, really. That'd I? be great. Yolanda Bananas Foster Hadid. We we miss her as a housewife. We do. I, I would love to see her return. But honestly, that was such an iconic moment. But before 
we wrap up this little segment, I feel it's only true to talk about some honorary mentions throughout the series. And I've got to give it up to Yolanda's Malibu house with the 125-acre <laughs> lemon orchard. Because who the hell in this world has a lemon orchard like that in Malibu? Only Yolanda. Or the giant, like, gl- glass closet refrigerator that's like a, it's like a, sh- it's like a, it's like a grocery display case, but also a refrigerator. I love that fridge. I think about it all the time. It's like a Whole Foods. It's like a Whole Foods, <laughs> like, in your kitchen. It's so beautiful. I've got to also give it up to Adrian and how, like, ridiculously extra she was in that house. Like, she had a whole spa treatment center with the tinsel in her hair the tinsel in her hair she has foreshadowed so many drag queens and wig supplies now that do the tinsel in the hair the tinsel like, in the hair i was like this is adrian maloof whenever i see that i think of adrian i also think of the fact when she after she left the show and then she came back uh to kyle's white party with that boy who was had to have been 25 years at least 25 years younger than her and i was like you get it girl you only in beverly hills that. You get that. <laughs> you get that. I was so proud of her. Good for but her, Adrian. I love. I also love when they try and do those episodes that like give some sort of like element where everybody comes together. And was it Dana or was it Taylor's game night when Brandy came on the crutches and there was that massive argument and Kim went, "You're a nasty slut pig." <laughs> Such an iconic. There are so many like the, those one season wonders. Like, um, who was that? The the Carlton and Joyce oh, and and Hoyce, Right? We we miss we miss Carlton. We miss Joyce. We we miss those 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 girls that didn't quite work on the franchise, but were still iconic in their own way. Do you know what? When Carlton had and Carl was like, "Is that a Star of David?" She was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> in that very strong East London accent, she was like. Fuck you. In my sex dungeon. I'm Carlton. I'm a Wiccan. Fuck you, Kyle Richards. <laughs> you know, Kyle's like, cool, cool. I'm uh, half Jewish, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but Jackie, before we go, we're just going to quickly whiz through our top five housewives, which I'm not going to lie, I really struggled with 10 seasons and almost 22 iconic housewives, narrowing it down to five. It's going to be hard. So from your five to one, who are your top five? So my number fifth girl, we haven't talked about her much so far, but she is someone who surprises me and that I really hated her her first season. And now I genuinely look forward to her whenever she comes on the camera. So she's kind of my number five, not because she's like my number one ride or die or because I love her the most, but because I would say she's the most improved in my eyes and in my love of her. She gets is, a nice badge, a Rue Peter badge. Yeah, she gets a Rue Peter badge for most improved. Is Dorit. Shut the front door because Dorit's by number five. Wow. Oh, my God. Sorry, Jan. Uh, Cheryl's my new best friend. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dorit, season seven. Was it season seven or season six? Seven. When, whenever she came on, I was just not loving her her first season. I was like, this girl is 
I don't know what was going on. PK was so annoying. When I you traveling, when you travel the world, you could speak in any accent you like, and then all of a sudden she's back American by season ten. Like, come on! It's tell. like it's like it's like a mid Atlantic. I would say it's not quite a, a broad American dialect. She doesn't sound like she's from Pittsburgh, which is I think where she's from. Yeah, but but she definitely has more of a mid Atlantic accent now, which you know we appreciate. I mean, her styling team are top notch because she. T- turn looks like there's no tomorrow if i could have one housewife's wardrobe besides erica gerardi jane whatever her surname's going to be now i honestly would rinse dorit's because she has got impeccable taste and just the the accessories i will say dorit is really fun with the accessories and sometimes they're misses but they're still hits even when they're misses exactly like turning up to (laughs) teddy's little retreat thing she did in head to toe balenciaga having a photo shoot in her house i was like what a diva we gotta give it to her oh yeah yeah i just like yeah she's like yeah i was taking photos that's why i'm late this is my life (laughs) and what all right so who's your number four my number four i'm curious i I don't think we'll have the same number four but let's see my number four because i think she truly is an mvp of the series is brandy glanville See, she just missed out. She was number six for me because Brandy delivers every single time she's on that screen. Whether you love her, whether you hate her, you know you're going to get great TV. You always get great TV. Brandy Glanville is the definition of great TV. She's, She's just messy enough that, like, you don't you you know she's obviously a self producer right i think all these women are to some degree but she's messy enough she's messy enough that you know that she's she's not um she's a messy enough self producer that you're still excited to see what happens next because i think she sometimes doesn't actually think through where her things are going to end up she just says things because she wants to say them and she doesn't really think through what's this actual implication of what i'm about to say which is always exciting <laughs> Honestly, and there are so many moments that your heart goes for her. Like, when, you know she's struggling. She didn't have much in those early seasons. And for the fact for Adrian and Paul to give her a cease and desist and have to hire lawyers, like, I really I really felt for her in that moment. But, yeah, yeah. Brandy, we love you. We adore you. Uh, you were an icon on uh, Celebrity Big Brother. And I've got to give it to you. Anyway, my number four, we've spoken about her a lot, is Miss Yolanda Foster Hadid. Because what an icon. You just you just want to hug her. You just want to, you want her to be your mum. Like, she is a mummager without being, like, Kris Jenner crazy mummager. She's such a mummager. Uh, I'm, I just love that you, it's always clear to us, the viewer, that her favorite is obviously Gigi and uh, Anwar. And Bella is definitely her least favorite child. And that's okay. But Remember I the GUI? It. Remember the GUI, Bella? I, I, it was almost like she said, she was like, my least favorite child just got a DUI. Is what it sounded <laughs> like she was about to say. Like, my least favorite daughter, Bella, just got a DUI. <laughs> My Anwar, my tribe, Dula Peep is part of the family now. Like, honestly, yeah, right. what an icon. What, what an, an icon. icon. Right, who's your number three, Miss Jason? My number three, and she's probably lower on my list. I'm assuming she's on your list, but she's probably lower on my list, is um, LVP. And the only reason she's not higher, she's number three and not higher, is because 
she didn't stick it out. She didn't. She could have. If she would have come back for that reunion and actually confronted Kyle in a real way, she'd be higher on the list. She loses points because she didn't follow through. I really, I still am waiting for it. And one day it'll happen. I need that Kyle and LVP actual reunion, real talk moment. And I need them to hash that out. I need it. I need it. And that's why she's not higher on my list. I mean, it breaks my heart that they're... It's just over for them. That that relationship's done. It really, it really does break my heart. But you know what? That's just life. That's the way it is, yeah. and things will never be the same. So, you know what? Let's roll with it. Anyway, who's your number three? My number three is my kitty's like a python, tip ticking <gasps> like a time bomb. It's Miss Erica Jane Girardi herself. <sighs> because how could somebody on the phone to Lisa Vanderpump go? I'm going to give the gays what I, what they want. <laughs> like, you've got to give it to her. She really does deliver. And if I could meet one of them, it would be her. If I could perform with one of them, I would. Honestly, I want that gladiator outfit she did in the season nine tour because that was phenomenal. Well, let me tell you, as someone who has met Erica Jade, she was an honorable mention on my list. I love her. I think she's an amazing human and performer and drag queen. She loses points for me as a housewife. And the reason she's not in my top five is because she's, she, again, she does not want to break rules, right? She's like, this is how we play the game and this is how it is, you know? And I, I need someone who's a little messier to really be a great, a great, great housewife for me, but she's a great human. Um, my little story with her is that when I met her on the set of Watch What Happens Live, mm. she, um, so it was an episode where there was like a million of us, like there was like t- 10 people happening. It was, a, it was a season premiere that they brought me in. Yeah. And she came out she was one of the surprises for andy and he's like oh my god and then they're like okay, we're gonna cut, we're gonna cut commercial and then she just like stood there because she was just like a surprise for him and she didn't know where to go and so i'd be like erica come sit here at the bar with me and i like told her what to do and she's like thanks doll you look gorgeous and she was so sweet and she just like sat next to me the rest of the episode but she was so sweet and she's like would you want to take a picture and so we got to take a picture she was so sweet so erica jane i love you you're an amazing human being I've know. I've got to give it to her. Like, I I I do think this is going to be her last season, but I just hope that she doesn't get caught up with everybody ragging on her that she leaves on a bad note. I hope she leaves on a high if she does go this season. But Dar- and I hope if she does leave, because this is the thing is, I think she's such a, she's such a fun piece of entertainment. I hope she pivots truly into an iconic career that is not really reality TV based. Like, I would love to see her like really slaying the game as like the next you know some kind of version of a drag queen that's uh, it would be amazing to me oh she needs to do a uk tour that's what she needs to do because the gays will eat her up over here (laughs) or even or even like a u.s tour like i mean like a real u.s tour where she literally goes to like every city and does like her you know 20 minute set with like a hundred shirtless boys like i would go see that i'd pay to be there i'd pay (laughs) i'd Um, pay uh number two for your jackie cox my number two is Kyle Richards, who I think is the true heart of Beverly Hills. And go with me here. The show was started as really a story about her and her sister, Kim. And the show has always been – she's always been kind of the, at the center of the heart of the show. And 
I, I see a lot of myself in Kyle. Like if I if I if the the part of me that's a little bit wilder and crazy is Rinna, but the part of me that's the one that's like doesn't like to get in fights with people that likes things to kind of um, be solved, and the one who has that kind of like. I think Kyle has a nurturing side to her that I see with her family and also with the way that she tries to manage other, you know, her relationships with the other women. And, and I see myself in Kyle. situations as well, I see that. Yeah, so I, I see myself in Kyle so much, which is why she's my number two. Um, my friends always joke that, like, in our friend group, like, I'm always the Kyle because I'm the one who's always like, well, let's not fight. Like, what's going on? And, like, even, like, the person who's ostracized, like, like LVP was for a long time, like, she went back to LVP and was like, how do we bring you back into this group? You know, so I see myself in Kyle. So that's why she's my number two. Who's your number two, Cheryl? I know it's your number one, but my number two is Miss Lisa Rinner. Ugh. Only because LVP is my number one of all time. But let's <laughs> let's let's just get it out of the way. Let's just do the discussion. Let's talk all things Rinner because what an absolute icon. I think we should have just done an entire podcast about Lisa Rinner, you know? When when Rinna Beauty sponsors an episode, we will 100% come back. Rinna Beauty, if you're listening, Cheryl and I are very available. We will talk about all of her new lip colors coming out. Uh, I want to talk to you about Rinna Beauty now. These lip liners <laughs> glide on. Wait, I have them right over there. I can go grab the box. Um, Stop your nonsense. I do. I have them all. Um, okay, Lisa Rinna is so iconic. I think... You know, to me, she obviously is my number one. So just to cut to the chase, because she is everything I want from a housewife, right? She, especially a Beverly Hills housewife, right? She is an actual Hollywood person. She's been in the business for so long, which is what I think Beverly Hills is about. It's about people who are adjacent to the entertainment industry. And I think she's been in it for so long, but at the same time, she's just a great reality television character because she knows how to push buttons. She mm-hmm. she does she 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 produces herself a little bit, obviously, and I think she's admitted to this. But at the same time, she's just messy enough that you you again you never quite know what's going to happen. I think back to like her having the amnesia in Mexico and being like, "Did I say that?" I'm like, "That is so, I love it. That's so classic because she." She kind of just, like, does whatever comes into her mind, which I think a little bit how I operate on some level is, like, is you just kind of say and do whatever comes into your mind. You don't really think about what's going to happen afterwards, but she always deals with the fallout, I think, in such a fun way. Um, yeah, and, and I think she's a smart businesswoman. She loves her kids so much. She loves her husband. Uh, and she is – she's at – what can you say? She's an icon. She is an absolute icon, and I adore her to pieces. Like, if I could wake up in the morning, dance around in a little vest and my knickers, and just be a gorgeous, glamorous woman like she is, I would do it. Because yeah, I, I, I adore everything she does. If anybody has a bad word to say about her, I'm like, get the fuck out. Like, we're done. We're over. Because <laughs> Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Rinna is God. She is God. She's great, and she gets so much hate from the fans. I mean, they all, all, all of the, all of the, you know, the, I'd say drag queens and Real Housewives get are, have the most divisive fandoms and get the most. I think that's one thing that yeah. we have in common with with our with our Real Housewives sisters is, you know, the, the the fans have a lot of opinions and they do not shy away from sharing them. And I think she's still able to kind of manage it. Although she really she'll she'll, she'll post her like screenshots to messages with with people she doesn't like, and she's like "f you," and I'm like, "Oh my god, Rina." In the in the size sixteen font on her little yeah. iPhone because I we, love it. we know the eyesight's not quite what it was. But honestly, 
I I feel quite upset that on RuPaul's Drag Race, you like I keep saying UK, it's drilled into me. I'm gonna we're gonna redo that. I feel quite upset at the fact that on Drag Race there has only been two Beverly Hills Housewives as guest judges. We've had Lisa Rinna, which is great. She was great, mm-hmm. but that was on season two. Like yeah. that was a blast from the past. And then we had Camille on season five. Like we're well, we're, we also we're just had waiting. we also had Garcelle. Stop! Yes, yes. Apologies. Apologies. How could I? Honestly, I am so excited for season eleven just to see Garcelle just blossom. I think even I more. think this is going to be a good season for Garcelle because I think last season and the reason I don't think she's she's on either of our lists is because you could kind of tell last season she was just kind of feeling it out. Yeah. So I for think sure. now that she knows what's going on, I'm excited to see what she decides to do with this huge platform. With especially the last year we've had, and to see the conversations she has with these women who you know, probably have no idea what it's like to be her to be her in, in Hollywood the last, you know, 20 years. And yeah. so I'm really excited to see what she brings to the table this season. So she's definitely an honorable mention for me as well. I'm excited to see the potential for Garcelle. Exactly. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for chatting all things Beverly Hills with me. Now, girl, we know you, we adore you, but where can the kids find you on all good social media platforms? They can find me uh, at Jackie Cox NYC or just running around my neighborhood in my green uh, zebra print dress. <laughs> With your back brace on. <laughs> With my back brace on. Girl, I love you. I adore you. Thank you so much for coming back on the pod. It's always a pleasure to chit chat with you. Girl, thank you. I love you. I adore you. Stay safe. Stay fabulous. So that's another episode of Girl Group Gossip done. I hope you divas enjoyed, you know, stray away from pop music but don't worry we'll be going back now darlings if you enjoy the poddy make sure you go to your platforms and give us a five star rating because it's top tier entertainment this and i'm off to h&m to go buy myself some ugly leather pants but for now that's another girl group gossip done i'm off i'll see you later be safe be well and goodbye this has been a world of wonder production